I am. I am. I am. Yo soy. I am. I am. I am Mount Mary. Welcome again to the I Am Mount Mary podcast. I'm Ted Ishler, and in this podcast, we talk about Mount Mary and everything that it is. There are so many stories. Each person has a very different take, and one of these people who has such an influence on this university and has been here for a long time and, and knows all of these secrets and, and everything else is uh, Sister Joan Penzenstadler. So glad for you to join us today. And I'm so happy to be here and be able to share some of the stories about Mount Mary's beginnings, actually. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your history with the school. Well, <laughs> I was a student here back in the 60s and received my BA in French and started out as a French teacher. But then I returned in 1981 as a professor of theology. And I was in the theology department for 20 years before moving into administration and so happy to have served as vice president for mission and identity until I retired in 2022. So you've seen a lot of changes happening. A lot. Yes. You know, as you asked about that, the changes, what I thought of was what continued. And what has continued, I think, is the sense of community here in this liberal arts small college for women. What has changed a lot, and we're so happy as school sisters of Notre Dame because we are international, is the tremendous diversity of women who now attend Mount Mary. So it was something that um, was beyond our dreams, and we're so happy that it serves the populations it does today. So you mentioned the School Sisters of Notre Dame, obviously the, the group who started the university. Talk a little bit about how it all became what it is. Yes. Actually, we, we owe our beginnings to Mother Caroline Fries, who was the pioneer for North America, um, came over here in 1847. And in 1850, when she was 26, she set up the first mother house in the United States, in Milwaukee, was given a house on the corner of Milwaukee and Knapp Streets and began education there. Now, primarily, the School Sisters of Notre Dame had grade schools, high schools, orphanages, but Mother Caroline was so well-educated, bicultural, bilingual, and she saw that there were women in Milwaukee who were real leaders in the community and had no opportunity for education. So in that house that she was first given, she started the first institute for women west of the Allegheny Mountains. So a very progressive person at the time. Very. In fact, you made me realize what was customary in an institute was to learn a foreign language, art, music, Mother Caroline added to that curriculum science, math, history. It was phenomenal what the women of St. Mary's Institute learned. Was there any pushback at the time that this is a women's college and 
women aren't supposed to be educated back then. Um, very much. There were rumors that were set forth. Um, sometimes men said women should not be educated because they will not be able to bear children. I mean, all kinds of things happened, and the women came anyhow. And Solomon Juno had three of his daughters go to this school. Hmm. But then I want to tell you about how Mount Mary began, because it wasn't out of that institute in downtown Milwaukee. That was going for 20 years, and it was very well known. When a lawyer, a judge lawyer from western Wisconsin came, John Lawler, and asked Mother Caroline if she would begin an institute in western Wisconsin, that we really needed something for young women. So she went with him in 1872, and he said, whatever land you find would be appropriate, I will purchase it. And there was a fort from the Civil War. Now, this was 1872, so it was only seven years after the Civil War. It was Old Fort Crawford in Prairie du Chien, and that's what Mother Caroline had him purchase on the banks of the Mississippi. Wow. There was a Jesuit school there as well. Now, they had Marquette, but institutes for young men were also prevalent in this age. And so we partnered with them and had another St. Mary's Institute in Prairie du Chien. Pretty soon, Mother Caroline saw that she was going to need, need to close the one in downtown Milwaukee, You know why? It was so popular. Hmm. She needed all that space just to educate the sisters who were coming to join the order, to house them, to have a school for them. So she asked anyone who was interested to go to Prairie to Sheen for their education. That worked well, like for 40 years. And then 1912, 1913, the sisters said, this isn't enough anymore. We need a four-year Catholic college for women where they can actually get a degree. Before women had the right to vote, the sisters were thinking like wow. this. Very progressive thinking and, and just very unusual for the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they filed all the papers um, at, in Madison, and they got the go-ahead to begin a college. And so in 1913, that institute became, well, they they did separate it now. Instead of saying institute, they said St. Mary's Academy, which would be like a high school today, and college. And that's when the college began in 1913 in Prairie du Chien. Now, what happened was that the Jesuits, about maybe 10, 15 years later, pulled out They were needed at Marquette, and institutes for young men were not the going thing anymore. So they just, they left Prairie, and we sisters were asked to come back to Milwaukee by the mayor, by the bishop, and please, we need a four-year Catholic college for women right here in Milwaukee. And the sisters said, okay. This this must be a sign we will come back. Larger city, Prairie, never really grew. And so we returned to Milwaukee. I would say this would be maybe like 
1927. And the sisters bought property very near Marquette. Who did they know? They knew the Jesuits. So they sat down with the Jesuits and said, we would like to become the sister college for Marquette. You know, Harvard and Radcliffe that Mm -hmm. were teamed, very often that was the case. Well, the Jesuits were thrilled, except they had a different idea. They said, sisters, please come. We will set the curriculum We will determine who will teach, except we'll allow you to teach. (laughs) And you can walk across our stage. You can be called St. Mary's of Marquette. Now, they did this in all goodwill. But the sisters said, whoa, whoa, this isn't what we had imagined. We have a very unique flavor to our education. We know how to educate women. And they said, we can't build here. We'll be in the shadow of Marquette. Now, this was the Roaring Twenties, right? Mm-hmm. And by this time, the sisters did own property. And the head sister at this time was Mother Cusca. And she mortgaged every piece of property that the sisters owned. And there was a farm for sale, a huge 80-acre farm on the outskirts of Milwaukee, and she bought it. And it was the Swan family farm. I think it must have been very well known because anybody who knows this part of the city, if you go down 92nd Street, it becomes Swan Boulevard. (laughs) So I think that's still back from the farm days. At least they didn't have a lot of trees to cut down because it was all farmland. Hmm. And they started to build. And so the the cornerstone on Notre Dame Hall, the original building, is 1928. Hmm. And then 1929, what happened in the country that then was probably a a huge obstacle for the sisters? Well, in 1929, as we all know, well, the, the first students came in September. <laughs> and all the furniture um, was moved, the college furniture from Prairie du Chien, the library, everything. And they were just getting settled in this new, beautiful building, and the stock market crashed. Mm. And the sisters never missed a payment on the mortgage. Wow. That is phenomenal. Yeah. That is in the very bones of Mount Mary. That kind of sacrifice, that kind of um, fortitude to continue. And you know, the sisters never received salaries. It was, this was a ministry that we did together. And whatever monies we received from tuition, we would pool you know, to pay all the bills for running the buildings. This was before computers. <laughs> and um, and for food and lodging. And they saved, the sisters who were not at the college also saved because this was our college. We need to cut back on maybe having meat. And that money will go for the mortgage of Mount Mary. But the biggest thing, was we knew that there were families in Chicago who wanted to send their daughters here. 
but there was no more room in the residence hall. One whole wing of the residence hall is where the sisters lived because there wasn't a convent. And when the sisters heard that, they said, if our rooms can serve more students, we don't need bedrooms. And they moved out. Hmm. And for 20 years, the sisters who were administrators and faculty and staff here lived in their offices and their classrooms. Wow. Some kind of fortitude, I guess. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and great love for this all place. Odds, huh? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, they had Murphy beds in special little metal cabinets in their in their um, classrooms, in their offices. And just fold it up uh, during the day and teach your class and, and right. bring it down at night, huh? So, so most of the faculty and administration and staff were sisters back then. And they lived here with the students. Now, there were some commuter students, but um, a lot of the students just lived here. And that's where I really feel that the uh, sense of community began. It was, you know, that kind of environment where you didn't learn just in the classroom. <laughs> you know, um, they could meet their, their teachers when a teacher, because their classroom was also their office at <laughs> and, night. And their home. Yeah, their yeah, home. And yes. their bedroom. <laughs> um, the, 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 um, one of the sisters that I knew, her name was Sister Chris, and she said, I heard the students in their bedroom slippers come padding down the hall at night because they could study in those rooms. And each room was dedicated to a different discipline. And so they would kind of come in and they would greet, like Sister Chris was an English teacher, and they would study and pretty soon they'd start talking to her. Must have been an amazing environment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are so many stories about this university and, and just all these interesting things. And you have a lot more to share. Thank you, Sister Joan. We will continue this conversation in our next episode. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will see you again soon. <laughs>